Hey there, and thanks for tuning in to Let Freedom Reign Podcast. Before we get started, I just want to let you know, this episode is brought to you by Buckaroo Media, a digital marketing company that focuses on social media that cultivates relationships between brands and their customers. Buckaroo Media prides themselves on building genuine and authentic connections. Digital marketing doesn't have to be overwhelming or overly time-consuming. With Buckaroo Media on your team, you are free to focus on the areas of your business which you are most passionate about, and let Buckaroo Media handle the rest. Check them out on Instagram at buckaroo.media or Facebook at Buckaroo Media. For more information about Buckaroo Media and how they can grow your Western brand, visit buckaroomedia.com. B-U-C-K-A-R-O-O-M-E-D-I-A.com. Oh wait, and one more thing before we get on to the episode. As part of our continued effort here at Let Freedom Reign Podcast to bring awareness to the incredible benefits of horsemanship, we'd like to share with you an event that includes the ultimate horseman in the ultimate show. We're talking about Heart of the Horse, brought to you by Nikki Flundra, who just so happened to be featured in episode 23. Heart of the Horse will be held at Silver Slate Arena in Nanton, Alberta, September 20th through the 22nd. This event will host a cult starting competition to include Dan James, Matt Robertson, and Glenn Stewart, all of which have been previous guests here at Let Freedom Reign Podcast. Sunday, the winning horse will be auctioned off to benefit Robinson Outreach at Rivercross Ranch. Throughout the weekend, there will be horsemanship clinics, demos in liberty and trick riding, a Western artisan competition, trade show, and much more. Join us Saturday night for dinner and dancing and a chance to meet the competitors and other special guests. Let Freedom Reign Podcast will have a booth at the event, and we'll be interviewing guests and fans throughout the event. Stop on by, say hi, and you might have a chance to be a guest on the show. For more information and to purchase tickets, visit theheartofthehorse.ca. We look forward to seeing you all there. Hey everybody, I'm Jason, your host of Let Freedom Reign, an equine industry leading podcast that talks to folks from all different walks of life, who share their testimony of adversities and perseverance, and how the horse has helped them through their journey. Stay tuned, we're going to have a great time. Come along for the ride. Welcome everybody to another week here at Let Freedom Reign podcast. You know, this episode marks the one-year anniversary from the launch of our first episode here at Let Freedom Reign. You know, as I reflect on the past year and the opportunities that this show has brought, I feel absolutely blessed to have the listeners, to have the guests, to have the participation of each and every one of you week in and week out that have made this show what it is to date. You know, this show is a prime example of what happens when you put your faith in God. I can't even begin to describe the positive influence that the horse has had in my life and all the blessings amazing people, and opportunities that have come from my involvement with the horse. When this idea of starting a podcast was first recommended to me, I literally laughed out loud. I thought there's no way on God's green earth to have any business hosting a podcast or radio show. But as I began to float the idea to many of my mentors in the horsemanship world, I quickly realized that this show has a place in most people's lives. Some of us are completely immersed in horsemanship, and others have never seen a horse a day in their life. But the incredible testimonies of strength and perseverance when faced with adversities and challenge has been absolutely inspiring, not only to me, but to many of you listeners out there based on the social media messages I get week after week. So if this is the first time you've heard an introduction of this show here at Let Freedom Reign Podcast, or you're a habitual listener that listens week after week after week, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. Together, if we advocate for the horse and the incredible influence it can have in the human's life, we can affect change. Enough about the show, let's get on to this week's guest. This week we feature country music artist Matt Castillo, who is coming to you from South Texas. 
Now, Matt was first introduced to us by the folks over at Atwood Hats, and a huge thank you is deserved to all the folks at that incredible outfit. In this episode, we talk about the dynamics of leadership, growth, and reflection, and how many of the stories that Matt has experienced in the music industry absolutely applies to life and applies to horsemanship as well. After listening to this episode, if you want to learn more about Matt Castillo, visit mattcastillomusic.com for tour dates, media releases, and all things country music. Again, you can find us on both Facebook and Instagram under Let Freedom Reign Podcast. I thank you again for an incredible first year here at the show, and we hate to keep you all waiting any longer. Here is Matt Castillo. Matt Castillo, good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning. How are we doing? Doing very well. Hey, I want to thank you very much for making time for everybody here at Let Freedom Reign Podcast. I know you got in late from a show last night, and a quick turnaround to be on the, be on the phone this morning. Yeah, man. Thank you. It was a good. It was a good time, and uh, we were in San Antonio, played at this uh, Texas Deer Association. Pretty cool. We've never been part of something like that, but man, they treated us well, and it's a great um, association. And from what I hear, to be a part of, and so they wanted some really good country music. So <laughs> we just packed up, went over there, played a good show, and came back home. So I'm glad to be on your podcast, man. Good Thanks stuff, for having man. me. No, no, no. We, we're very, very grateful and. A huge thank you to Atwood Hats for putting us in contact and, and reaching out a couple of weeks ago. And, and between scheduling and mashing everything together, here we are able to sit down for an hour or so. So, uh, yeah, huge thank yeah, you to Atwood thanks. Hats. Yes, a great, great company. And I'm happy to be part of uh, on their team and representing their hats. They have some really good quality hats, man. And I, I really mean that. So, uh, for them to uh, entrust in me to represent them, that's a great thing. So, thank you, Atwood Hats. And I'm glad to be on your podcast. I'm like, and uh, recently, you went down and paid him a visit. Yeah, how'd that go? Yeah, we went up there. We had a we have a, a weekend of shows, and instead of coming all the way back to Texas, we just decided to uh, stay around Central Texas, and so it won't be a long trip. So we had our show, and then we had a day off, go see a couple of buddies, and uh, play at Whitewater. And then um, next thing you know, we just went up to uh, East Texas, Frankston, Texas, and I bought a, um, I brought a buddy of mine to uh, come and film it all because I definitely wanted the people to see what Atwood Hats is. And I heard about the company and I really liked their story and, and they liked mine. And you went, uh, went into their uh, store and man, they're just hats everywhere. And they made a custom hat for me and, and it was great. It was a great time. Everybody that works there is very humble. They treat their job great. And um, Mrs. Atwood and Mr. Atwood are the sweetest people that I met and got to hang out at their ranch and just sit down and really talk with them. And they wanted to know my my past, my history, and my love for music. And you could just tell his love for hats was was real. You know, it, everything that he spoke was true. And, uh, and to be part of that, it's great because you want to be genuine and stay humble. And he's like, you know, there's always going to be some um, struggles and battles coming up in any company and you always want to take care of those that took care of you and he just those stories just kind of they had same similarities into the music business and like having your own team and your own band and taking care of everybody and your family and just to have the the, the just the traditions that they have and the way they see life and family it's, it's like it, it matches my it was one of those, but their store is amazing. If you can stop by a small town in Frankston, Texas, do it. it, it it's when you when you wear their hats, it's a good hat, man. So thank you. And I think what you described best, we talked a little bit off air, is, is that your relationship is considered a partnership, you know. And so many people in the mm -hmm. Western world, um, so many companies are after capital gain, which I get it, right? They're a business; they got to make money. Mm -hmm. And so many consumers just want to put that patch on the shirt or just want to say that they're backed by a company, you know. But when you when you truly get matched up with a company that has a genuine investment in you, 
and you take that mutual investment towards them, I mean, that's where things really start to take off and, and some special stuff can happen. That's one of the, the things is that a lot of people that get with these sponsorships, man, let's be honest, they just want free clothes, yeah. <laughs> free, yeah, free items and stuff, you know, and they don't really, they don't really look at the, and the, and the hard work they got to get to where they're at. And, and I get it, whatever their, their gain is at the end of the day is theirs, you know, but it, it's going to come back, it's going to come back and bite them in the ass. You know what I mean? The, the true colors are going to show eventually because if they're not a genuine person representing a genuine company, and if they don't have that same ideas and relations, it, it really paints a bad picture in that person, who they are and their character. And so for me, anytime that I work with anybody, anybody that I partner up with, I really like to know what they're about. You know, how does my past, my struggles, my vision, my goals for any, uh, for your company and my company, how can we grow together and be part of something new? And with Atwood, it, it's one of those, they understand the struggles to put out good quality hats, just like it's a struggle for me to put out good quality music. Yeah. And, and you have to go hand. And so for them to say, we love your music, it's traditional country music, I can't wait to hear that country music come back. We're going to do anything that and, and anything and everything we can to help you get to that next step, that next level. And without even, you know, without a hesitation. And so a lot of people, they just, they go after these companies because they just want to just get under their belt, have mm -hmm. it in their, mm -hmm. their credits. And Something it's like, to put on the resume. Dude, that's, that's not, yeah, that's not, that's not real. That's not real. And you're only hurting the person who actually who took the time. Like you're just burning bridges for the next person who is actually genuine, who actually means well, who wants to um, grow with somebody. And and they just it just burns bridges. And I've heard stories in the music scene where, where artists will burn a bridge with a company. So when a true artist wants to come in and say and they, they spit the same game and they actually the people are like, No, we've been burned too many times. No, we're not gonna do that. You know, like, damn, you know, that sucks. So it, it's true, you um, know, because now you acquire you as the endorsee or, or the partner, right? You acquire that image of that company and you're a direct relationship or excuse me, a direct reflection of that. So you know, you're out acting like an idiot in public and cussing and swearing and fighting and somewhere mm -hmm. in the local community, people are going to know you as the ex-endorsee or whatever, right? And now that your right. mistakes have now been projected on, on a company where somebody might have spent their whole entire lifetime trying to develop that name or that brand. Yeah, and there's also there are also times where as as you guys grow together, maybe something might me you guys may not agree upon maybe the vision changes maybe the direction of the music might change just mm -hmm. with every year that you grow so it's like anything you mature as you uh, with every year that you get older you, you there's certain things that you can't let go there's certain things that you your your um what do you call it your um visions or uh, expectations you know what yeah. you they yeah. expect out of you what do you expect out of them so it that always changes. Sometimes it doesn't work out. You know, there have been situations where early on in the beginning of my career, there were some people that wanted me to wear their clothing and and in return, you know, we had some good help. They helped us out, put out some good stuff, but uh, in the end it just it didn't work out. It's like a relationship. It just it just ended up just being what it is, just a relationship, you know, there wasn't really much to it, but I don't really hold that against anybody. Just their vision change the direction change. they want to go after something different and that's with anybody so but with that what hats it's um right now it's great it, so far so good and um 
I want to just get out there and play music and represent them. And like I said, we just played a show with the Texas Deer Association and was wearing their hats and just got a bunch of compliments and, you know, hey, go check them out. <laughs> That's awesome. Awesome. Good stuff. So let's get into your history of music and kind of talk about how you got your, your start in music, who were some of your influences, and, and we'll work through the conversation from there. Yeah. So growing up, um, I was born in Austin, Texas, and I was raised on um, 90s country music, which I owe to my mom. She is she was big and still is big on country music. And growing up, um, she had a, uh, a Chevy Gray Cavalier that we would um, drive around Austin and, and go, when we run errands or anywhere we would go, you know, we'd had a there was always a cassette tape of, of Garth Brooks or uh, just the radio on. And, and um, as a young kid, it just trying to sing along to all the words. And um, that's the first, you know, introduction to music was, was my mom. And then, you know, started being a really big Garth Brooks fan and, and mom knew that. And there were times where, you know, I just loved country music so much. And my mom at the time was working two jobs. She was at the, she was working at a bank and then she would work at night at, at 7-Eleven just to kind of put a roof over her head. And, you know, and there are times where, I'd hear on the radio that, you know, Brooks and Dunn and Clay Walker are coming to the Frank Irwin Center, you know. And then as soon as I heard that, I called my mom and said, Mom, I want some tickets to you. Let's go see them and then let's go buy some tickets and stuff. And and sometimes a lot of it was just, you know, I got to work, you know, I'm sorry, I can't. And I remember one time I got home from school and she says, hey, your, uh, your Aunt Mary is going to take you to the Frank Irwin Center. You guys going to go see, you know, Brooks and Dunn and Clay Walker. And I was ecstatic. You know, that was my first <laughs> – in a That's sense, awesome. almost my first country concert. That's awesome. So, you know, I just, knowing that she couldn't be there to, to you know, keep food on the table, you know, she still was able to, to give me those experiences. And, you know, obviously I would rather have her there, but I mean, you know, you can't beat a concert like that. So, yeah. and then we'd go to the, the Austin rodeo and, and uh, we go see all the artists and, and the indoor arena and just those, you know, those reasons. And I would always go um, dressed up to school and, wranglers and cowboy hat or something or every time it was like show and tell just wear cowboy gear and so that was early on and then um i had moved down to south texas down the rio grande valley and um the story behind that is you know i i'm the the baby of the family and you know my i had my older sister my older brother and they were kind of going down a different path a wrong path and I, I my mom didn't want that to happen and she wanted to try to save one so she sent me to my aunt and uncles here in south texas who helped raise me and so i was living in austin and in the valley at the same time you know being in south texas for the school year and then after i don't school go up to austin and be with my mom and so i was never really settled down in one place for a very long time and so when I moved down to South Texas, I got in with, you know, the culture here and, and um, the music was always still a big part. You know, I had my cousins that played guitar and music was always a big influence. My uncle who raised me, you know, he loved the Eagles. He loved all that type of music. And we would always just sit down and listen. And he had his guitar and he would play. He would try to play, you know, and I thought that was pretty awesome. And, Heck yeah. and so uh, as a guy older, I joined, you know, the band. I was on the drum line and. Music was always just a big part. I always just tried to play. And then I picked up guitar um, my sophomore year in high school. And my uncle had a chord book that uh, I would try to learn how to play chords. And I remember I asked my mom uh, for Christmas if I could have a guitar. And I didn't know if I was going to get one or not. We never really knew what, what we were going to get for Christmas or didn't know if there was enough money to, to do that. But somehow, you know, 
sitting on the couch and here comes a guitar, you know, just start off, start off guitar, acoustic guitar. And then, um, I was like, shoot, what am I going to do with this? What are all these chords? Like, what are all these frets? What, you know, yeah, it's overwhelming. Like, oh, it's yeah. absolutely it's overwhelming. overwhelming. I'm like, Oh, well I got it now. So, so I went back home, uh, went back down to South Texas to start, um, my junior year of high school and uh, I had that chord book and I just learned all these chords and I always wanted to learn certain songs that I grew up on. And so the first song that I ever learned was uh, Much Too Young, Feel This Damn Old by Garth Brooks. And I remember I learned that song and I still play it to this day at my live shows because it, it means something. It's like where I'm from. It's how this is the reason why I am here is because yeah. of all of this history. It represents that first step. Right, right. It, it, that love for country music and now that i can play it you know you always want to do good by those uh before you and pay respects to those artists who you know worked hard to make that song you know a lot of artists will cover a song and brutally you know destroy it <laughs> distort it because yeah because they want to make it theirs and i'm like yeah. i get all that but you know learn the ins and outs of that song and and knowing that that person really worked hard to just because it's a number one didn't mean it came easy for that person you know yeah, yeah. so I always, I always tell people to treat covers with respect because it's it means something to that person and it's not for the audience for the artist so then um learned guitar started picking up all these songs and um i was always wanted to start a band and i remember going back to being a little kid um i always said i wanted to start a band i want to be a country singer i want to be a country singer and I I remember the back in the day they had these uh, a cassette tape and and attached to it was a microphone. So as a song is playing, you can press a little button. There's a microphone and you can sing along to the songs. And I remember I had that. It was like a, one of the best things I had. And then to be honest, there were times where those headphones that they had the little poofy ones, I'd, I'd kind of stretch it out, turn it around, and you know wear a cowboy hat and <laughs> play around. You know, be Garth Brooks for I was like, probably two, the easiest two, production you've been involved with in your life. Huh? <laughs> so. <laughs> It's always been there. It's always been there. And as you grow older, you know, things do change. You kind of go to the rock route, the rap route. But country was always very consistent. And we still go to country concerts, you know, and I was a big – I'm a big fan of them when I'm not playing. So then um, later on, I get um, I get, a, I get kicked out of college and I had to go up to Austin and uh, go to a community college. And that's when I got turned on to uh, Texas country. And uh, started playing, you know, Texas country covers. I hadn't started a band yet. This is all at home, mm-hmm. you know, in front of friends. And a buddy of mine um, had asked me, hey, do you want to go to this open mic? And I was like, oh, what is that? He was like, oh, you just go to, you know, get your guitar and you play your favorite covers if you don't have any original music. And so I did. I went and it was at the Nutty Brown Cafe in Austin. And I played like two songs. And shoot, I was nervous, you know, cotton mouth. I couldn't. Hopefully I remember <laughs> the words. So um started doing that and I fell in love with it. And then my buddy said, hey, man, uh, we're going to – we have a chance to open up for this local band if you want to. Just me and you, we'll just trade off songs. And so we did and it was a great feeling. It was, wow, this is what it feels like, you know. So I, I got my act together and got my grades up and moved back down to South Texas, yeah, University of Texas Pan American. And, and I found my band with the help with a, a, a friend of mine. Um that was in the athletic training program because I was an athletic. I was studying to be an athletic trainer, and she was the one that kind of helped put the band together. And I didn't know any. I didn't know my boys. I didn't know my guys that I had, and and so that was a a cool experience as well. So, um, yeah, man, it's it's been a good good ride so far. 
It's incredible. I mean, as you tell your story, uh, you got to think nothing but huge respect to your mom right now, being a little bit older and seeing what it takes, right, to make that money working in the music industry. Uh, yeah, it was. It was it the wasn't same feeling mom. for for me growing up. Like, I thought we were fine growing up. Now being an adult and looking back, now I have mm-hmm. a lot greater respect and understanding for the sacrifices my mother and father made and why they couldn't go to that game, right? Or why I couldn't go to, I mean, I played baseball growing up, right? So going to the local ball field and watching a watching a baseball game live and in person, you know, I had that same struggle that you talked about with wanting these concert right. tickets and maybe the money's not there or maybe dad's got to go to work or, you know, just not now. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was like that with my mom too. And, and, Playing sports, I remember, you know, I, I played baseball early on and my mom would, would get out of work on the weekends and we'd go travel, um, play baseball games. And I remember those. And when I moved down to the Valley, I was I was in football and basketball and my mom would leave to come home, you know, come down to the Valley for the weekend and catch a football game, a basketball game. And I don't think she ever missed a birthday. And my birthday's in, in, in January. So that's right beginning of the month, you know, yeah. beginning of the year, I'm sorry. It, she never missed a birthday, and I and for her to come down and not miss her son's birthday, and knowing that um she's gonna see me in March for spring break, you know, yeah, she really did a lot to to get where we're at, and a lot of and honestly, a lot of the work ethic does come from from her because if if you can if you can work two jobs and still have time and fit things in for your kid, you know, nobody else has an excuse. It's either you want it or you don't. But at the same time. It was what needed to be done. Yeah. It had to be done. There was there was no excuses anymore, you know. And and that was that was a great looking back now. It's like wow, you know, you you made all them sacrifices for us and for me. And you know, she always says, you know, if I if I have the money, I'll do it. If I don't, I, I can't. And I'll I'll tell you. And so that's the kind of uh, mom that she is. So the work ethic and you know the drive and everything definitely is is was it was from her and understanding that now how to run a business and how to have one, how to handle one. She finally, she's worked so hard, two jobs. She finally has her own store. She's, that was her ultimate goal is to own a store, Seven Eleven store chain. And she owns it now and she works oh, hard incredible. for it. And she, you know, took those sacrifices yeah. and, and jumped in and same, same for me. You know, I never, I always wanted to own my own business. I didn't know it would. And, uh, it, it, it's, it's country music. It's the band. And, yeah. So there's a lot of people out there that say, well, I don't know if I could work two jobs and stuff. And it's like, look, how bad do you want it? How bad do you really, really want it? What are you going to give up? And my mom gave up a lot. And But but also, at the same token, you know, she's gone farther than anybody that I can think of to come watch a show. She's gone to, to Denver, Colorado to watch me play. She's gone to Oklahoma to watch me play. She makes she still makes my shows. And that's a great thing to to see out there in the crowd is my mom, you know, because that story is true. When you know, do a stripped down version of Much Too Young. That, that that's that's her song. That's yeah. Well, that's how that story is, you know. And so when we were up in Denver, uh, I told that story, and there's quite a few people that went up to uh, to my mom and said, you know, welcome to Denver. You're, you know, your son is, you know, your son is this, your son is that. Great show, you know. And I thought that was pretty cool for of Denver, uh, Colorado people to to, to be acknowledge so that hospitable. Yeah. 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 So it's been, you know. It's, been a good a ride but you know obviously like anything else in life there's ups and downs there's no sugar coating anything yeah yeah on the on that note let's talk a little bit more about 
the dynamics of, of a growing band and we can start, you know, you said you didn't know anybody in your band before they were, they were first constructed. Let's talk about the growth as a band, you know, and how you guys have weaved your way throughout your career. Obviously it's not always been, uh, roses, but, but it's pretty incredible to see how far y'all have come. Yeah. So my guys, my, my guys are great guys. They're, they're musicians at heart. That's all they want to do. They want to play music, you know, that's, and, and they, they tell me that they've been very vocal. Like, look, man, we just, we just want to play, you know, we want to go out there and tackle this road and make music. So when I first got started, I, I was just doing acoustic stuff and, and my um, friend, uh, her name is Allie. She's, she knew the drummer and the drummer, uh, at the time, the original drummer Ruben knew um, a guitar player who's still with me, which is Beto. And uh, so we all got together. It was just us three on Sundays, just playing, trying to play covers, you know. And then we found a, it took us. We went through like two or three bass players before we found at the time that the original bass player named Danny. So then it was us four. We practiced all of our covers, and we've had. We went to this show, and we man, we. Uh, it was it wasn't good, you know. It's one of those little <laughs> beginners shows, yeah. you know how things work. So we went back and got a little tighter, and I said, "Look, I want to I want to come out with an album. I'm writing some songs. Let's let's try some songs out and see how we can see how it goes." And so uh, we wrote a couple of songs, and I wrote a song with uh, my guitar player Bethel. We wrote um, "Dance All Night," and and we went to the recording studio, and with and we didn't have any money. You, know, you have to understand, we didn't have any. We were playing gigs to to pay this money or we were holding barbecue sales to get this money to make it happen and it was our first record uh, small town stories and we put that out and but i it was my job to find shows you know and i and i took pride in that i'm gonna go find shows say hey guys you know i know we just got started but you know we're gonna go to austin yeah we gotta get after austin we're gonna go to corpus we can play around here try to keep the dates busy and at the time, the drummer was an athletic trainer for uh, for a high school, so his Fridays, his weekends were always booked. So, in a sense, our schedule was kind of on his whatever he could do, whatnot. And and uh, my guitar player, Bethel, he was in a, a salsa and a wedding band. So you can understand the salsa and wedding bands—they make damn good money. You know, that's more money than I can afford for them. But for him to sacrifice that and come. You know, being this band and and really make it a priority meant a lot to me, and I didn't want to let him down, and I didn't want to let you know Ruben down. I wanted him to experience the, that road life, and Danny too. He was a youngin, you know, he was only twenty when nineteen or twenty when he started with us. And our first gig, you know, we play a show and we killed it. A buddy comes up and buys uh, buy us some shots, and we all took shots, and we forgot that Danny was only twenty. <laughs> <laughs> so the bartender, I mean, the the bouncer comes yeah, up yeah. and says, "Hey, dude, you got to get out of here." We're like, whoa, whoa, what happened? You know, he's like, well, your buddy just took a, a shot that he's underage. So he's out. Yeah. So I was like, oh, my God. You know, like just <laughs> it was such a funny moment. We look back on it now and we laugh. But, you know, we were just youngins. We were just trying to live in it. Yeah. And so we were able to get out of the valley. And, and it's always been like that. It just We really wanted to go after to be like other bands, you know, the ones that were on the radio. We wanted to be on the radio. And, and so we did. We were able to get. Um, our first single on the radio when it got nominated for new band of the year two years in a row and a single of the year and it felt good to have a single of the year nominated when me and my guitar player we wrote that song it was a pretty cool feeling so we still get those feelings now but there was some hard times of course but uh drummer is no longer with us and our bass player is no longer with us but you know um things change people grow up and there's priorities and got to take care of family and 
just those things. And I respect them for, for making those tough decisions. But right now it's, we have four guys and, and like I said, my guitar player bets, he's, he's been with me since day one. And, you know, I'm, I'm really happy that he's with me and he's seen the struggles. He's seen the, the early humble beginnings from raggedy old truck band yeah. equipment. You know, he's been, he's been through it all. Small stage, big stages, small openers, big openers, you know, big, big headlining shows, festivals. So for the short time, you know, uh, we, we really hit it hard. So it's been a good, uh, a good journey. It's crazy that you guys are able to put, put that all together, right? As far as the band and getting everybody in the band on the same page. Cause like you talked about, I mean, you have anywhere from three, four, five guys that are, I mean, they have their own lives that they're living, right? And their own careers. And they're, they have to have some other source of income while you're starting to develop this band. Yet mm-hmm. everybody found a way to make the band a priority, right? To make yeah, the music it, a priority. And it, and the early, and early on, you, you really don't know what you're doing. Yeah. You just take it show by show and you try to be very communicative. And I was very open with communication with them. Like, look, these, these are my goals. This is the goals that I want to do. This want to try to accomplish. If can we accomplish this? Can, does your schedule allow for this to happen? Because, you know, one of the big things was I want to get out of the Valley more, out of South Texas. I, can you do this? Does your schedule, can we do anything different to make it work for everything, for every, for everybody's schedule? And the guys were able to move some some stuff around, but I was always a, a, a hard, you know, leader on that. I was very, I needed things run my way because there was a system that needed to be in place, like any business. Because professionalism means a lot to people that hire you. You know, you get hired for a job. You need to make sure you can do your job from start to finish. And there's no in between. Yeah, you know, showing absolutely. up on time, showing up on time, being prepared. Those are the things that matter. The little things that matter for that that venue or that owner to bring you back again for have continued work. You know, because our job was to play that show and come back three months, six months later. But yeah. if we did anything wrong between that, we could have lost that. So I didn't want to jeopardize anything so i was really hard on my guys but looking back now they understand the reason why you know because the, the higher the harder you go uh there's gonna be more expectations there's gonna be more things on it and and so i was able to run a tight ship and and i respect the guys for respecting me to do that and but there were some times where we had to cancel shows there was times where you know get double booked there's times where my drummer couldn't get out you know he had a he had a family but you know, we, we all knew what we were getting ourselves into. You know, we're all adults. We all have responsibilities. You got to manage those like anybody else. Um, we all got problems, and we never really wanted to bring our personal problems into the band because the band was almost the outlet to get away from all that. Yeah, yeah, but absolutely. Same, but at the same token, you know, we knew what our job was. Everybody had a role. Everybody needed to fulfill their role. And if, if you couldn't, we understood. And, and so that's where it ended up, you know, coming to be. But... We we had some really good years, so still and still do actually right now. So how how did you kind of be in the the front man heading up this band and these goals and these aspirations? Right, you have to find a balance between between steering this ship, but you don't want to run your guys out of town. So what for you when you look at it from a leadership standpoint? How did you how did you make your decisions? How did you make those tough decisions? And how did you consider the interest of everybody involved? Well, I based it off of simple question. We just sat down on the table, but before they got to, before we got to that table, I told them to write down their goals and their fears. Like, what are your fears and what are your goals? And be honest. And if all of these goals match up and we all have the same goals, then 
we're going to tackle that. And you have to understand whatever goals that we place, you we're all going after that. There's no excuses anymore. You're going to do whatever you can to get make that goal. It, whatever your fears are, like I can't make all the shows. I can't. Um, I'm afraid I'm going to let you down because you know you're gun, running and gunning, or I'm afraid uh, certain things. Then we we try to find a solution to that fear. Like what what is that? Why you really feel that way? Is it because um, your job? You know, is it because you're just tight on on money? Do you feel you know? There's only certain things that this company and this band can can pay out. Are you worried about financials? How can we help you? You know, better yourself on that. You know, can we have better time management, better financial situations? What can we do? So, understanding where everybody's mindset was at uh, was great. It put us in the right in the right place, and then we tackled it. And I, I was very open and, and very clear on the goals, you know, make a new record, get out of the town, you know, um, attack, you know, go to Nashville, write songs, you know, and, um, keep the train going. And so that was, that was easier. And then as we got older, I mean, as we started progressing more and got picked up, we understand that it, it became, it really became a business. So, so in the beginning it was, is is friendship and stuff, but you really want to get serious about it and move to the next level. You have to treat it like a business. So then everybody just started saying, okay, well, I can't do this anymore because now I'm expecting you to make this a priority. Mm-hmm. And if you can't make it a priority anymore, I understand we need to find the people that we need. Now, now we need to find the right people that are going to keep moving the train forward. Mm-hmm. And it's nothing against them. It's just it's now a business this is decision I, per it's se. a business yeah. decision now. And it's nothing against them personally. It's just, this is the goal. I'm I'm going to try to get it signed. You know, I'm going after a record deal. I'm going after a booking agency. I'm going all these things to stay busy. And my mind is already looking out four months in advance, five months in advance, even a year. And so if, if, if that's not matching up with you, we need to find the person that it can match up. And, and that's the way it was. It's, and I understood, but I can't, I was at that position where, look, I can't stop, you know, so money, so much money, was invested in in the business that you can't let those setbacks affect your outcome and your goals. You know, you're going to have situations that come up and going to get steered off track a little bit, but you always got to keep your, your, your goal and that those crosshairs on that goal and whatever's going to try to stop you, just don't let, you know, you have to take that out. You got to get, let the bad stuff out and keep the good stuff in. And so, it it was hard. It, there was times where we butted heads, and there was times where they didn't like me. And there was times where you know I was the asshole. But it had to be like that. I'm sorry. There always has to be one guy that's always. If you're if you're a leader of the band, you're overlooking everything. You wear all the hats: the booking, the music. You know, if if, if not everybody else is doing it, and it sucks to be the guy that's always getting after you. It sucks to be that one guy always yeah. getting after yeah. you. We didn't have a tour manager. We didn't have a manager. We didn't have somebody over. It was always me. So I always, I was the one always being the asshole or looking like one. Mm-hmm. But in reality, it's like, dude, we got to keep everybody together. Everybody has to have somebody keeping everything. And so when you're young and doing that and early on, you, you just learn from it. And so, and you try to build a, a system in your business and in your in your in your music that. Everybody understands, you know, this is what we have to do. These are our expectations. This is what I expect out of you just as much as this is what you expect out of me. And and you go from there. So, but the moment that you get, get the system rolling and it works and it works and it works, everybody starts to be more positive. They understand, you know, they're considerate, you know, they understand the situation and what the job is. 
and, and everybody's happy. I was going to say you it's know? tough because, and this is the exact reason I thought you'd be a phenomenal guest on this show because of the parallels between the music industry and the horse world, right? Uh-huh. Most people start out, and you correct me if any of this is wrong because I don't know the music industry like you do, you know, but when you start out with horses, right, it's almost a hobby. It's a passion. It's an interest. Uh-huh. Then usually you have one or two decisions to make. Do we keep it a hobby or do we push the envelope, right? Yes. Well, exactly. once you start to make that decision to push the envelope, then I think it's the toughest portion of your career. You're making that transition from a hobby to a profession, right? And when you're when yeah. you're making that jump, you don't have, like you talked about, not having a tour manager, right? You don't have people picking up and cleaning up gear and setting up stages and breaking things down. When you're in that horse right. world, you don't have people exercising and tacking your horse. Like, it's on you to make right. your schedule, to promote, to market, to run your business. And that is, mm-hmm. it's an overwhelming amount of work for an individual, one individual to take on, you know? And Right. And I see even more challenges in the music industry because now you have four or five personalities that are contributing to that problem versus, you know, somebody out there wanting to make them make a name as a, a clinician or a trainer, you know, mm-hmm. uh, in the horse world. So huge yeah, respect, that, you know, and I tip my hat to you on that in, in that regard because that's, that's a lot to deal with. It is. And, and, and again, it's very hard to manage a group of guys you yeah. know, with different personalities. So as a, as a leader and, and the owner of the band, you have to understand how everybody works, you know, what, what, what their ticks are, what, you know, and you have to, sometimes you have to let things go. And if it's one thing I learned from being with my, my guitar player from the very beginning, he's very laid back, you know, he understands the situation. He's one of those that there's a problem, what's the solution, let's find it and let's move forward. And I learned that from him, you know, because I'm, I'm one of those, I want things done, I want it done quick and I want it done my way and I want it done yeah. with efficient time. Efficiency. But you can't be so hard in that that you, that you, you yeah. suppress people, so, you know? Yeah, sometimes, you know, and you learn that, you, you learn yeah. how far you can go, how far you can't go. And, and everything that, that we do, it's, it's out of respect. It's not because I want to degrade that person or belittle them. It's it's yeah. really about the job. It's everything that you look for is it's the, the job. Business. It's like I have, I have an invisible boss I got to yeah. please. I have an invisible boss that I got to make sure that I'm doing my job. You know, and once you have it in that mindset, you're like, oh, okay, that's how it works. But you know, it's hard to manage people, and Absolutely. and and yeah, it was it was a transition. It was it was a it was a fast one going from a uh, oh, I like doing this every weekend to no, I want to make this a career. And the moment you turn that switch on, you're going to rub people's feathers the wrong way, or they they might take it the wrong way. And it's like, no, this is this is why I have to do this, and I'll be doing it because. I don't like you. I'm not doing it because you're not a good player or, or, you know, I'm doing it because I want to have success in this and you have to be on board or you have to be off. Like it, it's, it's pretty simple. Yeah. And so it, it, it was really hard in the beginning, believe me, because you want to be people's friend. You want to be, you want, you want to be loved. You want to love them and you want to understand and respect you as much as respect them. But in the beginning it was very hard. It was, we had, there was a very tough, couple of years where they weren't used to that mm-hmm. they weren't used to be that fast yeah. you know and i and uh when you show up to a gig you know you want to load in quick load out you know just a lot of learning but i think now i was able to build a system and a way of doing things and the guys do help me out trying to uh, manage that and we had a taste of the tour manager and that didn't work out but it didn't stop us from still helping each other out you know and i still wear a majority of the hats but it helps when you have guys that understand you know they're like hey look this is this is your band you know this is your business we want to 
be part of it and we want to help you and we understand what we have to do. And in return, you know, I tip my hat to my guys for letting me, allowing me to do my job, allowing me to be who the person I am and allowing me to share this music with them as much as they're doing it with me. Like I'd be devastated if, if my guitar, my guitar player left, you know, he's been with me from the beginning. I want to make sure that I help him achieve his goals and his dreams. And we want to be on the same stage, big old crowd. We want to be on the same stage for sellouts, you know, sold out crowd you know so i'm doing everything in my power and and in my financial situation to make the most out of it to where they don't go and run off because it's real easy uh the music business is a cutthroat yes sir as it comes yes sir you know my guys can easily go find a better band to play with you know a better band that 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 pays more you know those are the things that that are always in the back of my mind that are very scary and 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 but 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 they trust me you know they're, they're here with me and and I don't want to let them down, but at the same token, if you're going to work with me and you're going to work here in this job, you, you already know what list of expectations and things we have to do. If you can get along, if you can do all those things, you're going to have a very happy weekend and show and we're going to put on a great show every time. If you can't, there's going to be some um, sitting down and talking with, but overall, it's the music, right? And it's a music business. Can't have music. You can't have a business. They go both hand in hand. So it's hard for people to understand that. And uh, I, I commend them for allowing me to do my job and, and trying to do the best I can at it. So at, in the roping world and the, the cowboy world, I'm sure it's the same thing. you know. And yeah, then it so- gets even worse. It might get even crazier when the moment you get sponsors or people that want to invest in your company, that want to be a partner in your company. Um. But I haven't gotten to that level yet, so I don't. I wouldn't know what to do on that level. <laughs> but but I think, right now, it's just. You know. I think. I think whether "quote unquote" being at that level or not is irrelevant because if you have instilled in yourself right a decision making process or a leadership style, it's all founded on reasonableness and balance, right? And yeah, you talk about hey, sometimes things worked out, sometimes they didn't, right? Some people were good for us, some people weren't. Um, mm-hmm. Understanding those failures and understanding that those those failures are experiences, right? So now you're that much more educated when mm-hmm. the the scenario presents itself again and yeah. and I, I i equate a lot of this as you're describing it to my time playing baseball and every band is representative of a different baseball organization right we're all mm-hmm. playing baseball we're all chasing the same thing everybody wants to put a ring on their hand but every mm-hmm. single band maybe has a little bit different way of business or a little bit different dynamic or a little bit different mm-hmm. clubhouse feel or feel on the road you know and yeah and uh with all of it man it's just it's finding that balance, right? And I yeah. think with every with every team dynamic, there has to be a healthy level of contention between superior and subordinate, right? Mm-hmm. The subordinate's got to feel strong enough and powerful enough that they'll voice their opinions, but they can't cross that line and become disrespectful or cancerous to the to the organization, right? right? And right. and as a leader, you got to be willing to step up and say what's right for the band without stepping on your guys' toes or or suppressing any chance that they have to provide value or provide a contribution to the team. Yeah. And that's that's right on the money on that because that is it's hard to do. It's it's really hard hard to do. do. It's hard to it's hard to manage it and you know, the guys are more than welcome to take on more roles if they want to, but I'm not going to force it on them. Yeah. I'm not going to tell them, hey, this is your job. You know, I want them to be come to me and say, Hey Matt, you know what? I can, I can handle this job. I can handle this role and take one less hat off your head, but I don't, I'm not, at, I'm not looking for that day. You know what I mean? Cause the moment they open up that door is the moment the expectations are going to be harder. I'm going to be harder on them because yeah. you wanted that role, yeah. you know? And so 
if it's a role you can't fulfill, don't don't go and try to open it. But if it is, you're just helping helping the business get one step further to be more efficient and have good harmony. And it's like, look, if you're in a profession, you need to take care of your profession. If you if you're known to have um, you a musician, your instrument always has to be top notch. You can't yeah. let anything fail. It's like having a, 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 a I don't know how do you how would you call it? a saddle? You know what I mean? Like you yeah. wouldn't. It's a, it's a cheap one. It's falling apart. Yeah, your saddle's falling apart. Same thing. If your equipment is falling apart, you can't you can't be the best at your job when it's time to turn it on. And so it's it's about being professional. And and I think back to um, one of my coaches. I was in college at this point. We were playing a. Uh, uh, summer baseball and we had worked our ways to to national recognition we were playing in one of the biggest summer ball tournaments in, in, in college baseball and we were the most ragtag group of guys that you'll ever meet from all over the country right in, mm-hmm. in one regard we had no business having the success that we had right we had a lot of talented guys on the team it was probably one of the most successful teams that i ever played on in a regard that I mean, everybody played for themselves. When you strapped on that uniform and and laced up your spikes, like it was time to get after it for the guy next to you. And one day before one of our biggest games, the coach said, you got to act like you've been here, right? We all Mm -hmm. come from meager beginnings, but you have to act like you've been here. If you want to be a world champion, go out and run, run this game like a world champion. And I've always tried to carry that with me that... You know, hey, I'm in the I'm in the process of developing all my horsemanship experience. But if you want to be the greatest horsemanship in, or horseman in the world, you have to carry yourself like it, right? When you're in public, yeah. when you're dealing with horses, right. when you're dealing with people, when you're pursuing an education, and and it sounds like the music business kind of has that same parallel. It does. You always have to be confident in what you do. You got to know what you're doing, and and if you don't know what you're doing, pretend you know what you're doing. <laughs> Act like you did so, there. <laughs> yeah, and and there have been times where. You know, we hit that that stage, and there's you know twenty five hundred people out there, and you've never been there before. You're like, oh shoot, you yeah, know, what it's a I, lot of eyes looking back. <laughs> yeah, a lot of eyes looking back. Just put on a good show. You know, like you go out, and, and I used to tell my guys, you know, before you hit that stage, and when you're on that stage, you know, win people over, win them over. You know, that's our job is to win them over. We yeah. are back against the wall. They don't really know who we are. Go win them over. Yeah. And then after you're done, you go out there and. You go and shake hands. You know, there's people out there going to say, "Man, that was a that was a badass guitar lick." You know, yeah. you, those, those things you look for. That was a badass drum solo or bass. You know, man, that was great. Man, you got a great band. You know, yeah, dude, they're they're awesome dudes. You know, just go out there and win them over and be humble about it. Don't be a dick. All right, don't be rude. Don't. But it's ever it's say all perspective, right? So many people, right. so many people chase the fame, right? And right. in my opinion, fame don't matter. Because when you when you look at it from the perspective, right, these people who are sitting here watching your shows are taking time out of their lives. You can't ever get time back, right? And mm-hmm. they're taking the hard-earned money that they probably worked the whole entire week to save up, right? Yeah. Even yeah. if it is only a $20 cover to get in or something along those lines, right? right. Which seems like a quote-unquote relatively insignificant amount of money. But mm-hmm. they're taking their hard-earned money, their time that they can never get back, and they are choosing to to invest in you and your band, like... Yeah. What a yeah, huge compliment things, that is, you know. Those those things matter to me yeah. because yeah. you know, coming you know, knowing the struggle and understanding it, you know, you don't want to let them down. You want you don't want to be drunk. Yeah. You don't want to be plastered. And oh, I've been to those shows where guys somebody. can't even get their words out. Right, right, right. And because people work hard, you know. Yeah. They they got goals and aspirations and yeah. if music is an outlet to help them get through it and you're not 
performing at your best, you know, it, it, it's a trickle effect. It, it matters. Your yeah. reputation counts. And when people work hard for their money and they want to go and say, you know what, I'm going to go spend it on this show. I'm going to go see this person and spend my money, spend 40, 80 bucks. Um, you know, you want to make it the best show. So those are the kind of things that I think about. So, you know, and I'm, I'm happy that, and I'm glad that my guys understand that they're not, you know, they're not drunks. They, 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 it's, we all it's know being we a have professional. A, it, yeah, it, it's a, yeah, exactly. That's exactly and so what it they, is. It's, it's a first part of it and, and, uh, they're doing a great job and, and, uh, it, it, there is always, there's still going to be, it's never going to end the struggle. So, um, you know, but it, it, that's a pretty much in depth, you know, how the situation came about and where it's we incredible. are today. So, so what is in store for Matt Castillo and the Herzman from here on out? What's your plan? I mean, I think in listening to your music the last couple of weeks, it's, you're getting back to the storytelling, what country music should be, right? It's not all this fantasy and let's drink beer and party and hang out type of stuff. There's so much more soul and story to it. So, right. I like, I like songs. Yeah. How do, how my, do you guys put music together? So uh, my job is, is, is to try to be honest, right, with songs. And, you know, I'm always trying to chase that one breakout song. You know, again, I'm always trying to be honest with songs. I like storytelling. You know, you look at the old the old country stuff, and they always had a, a middle, beginning, and end. They always had a, yeah. a story to it. There's a message. And I try to do that. And it's, and it's hard to open up sometimes about a personal situation in your life, but you try to make it and put it in there, and hopefully somebody grabs and and, and – said, man, that's my story too, man. I can't believe you're going through the same thing I was going through. And a lot of people do say that, but that's really what we're chasing after and what I'm chasing after. So, and, and, and with every song, with every show, you learn from it and you, you improve on your craft. So that's the goal that I have is to always improve on my songwriting, my, my professionalism, my stage presence, you know, always, always having new goals to attain. But for the new year, for the new goals, for, for, for me and the boys, it's going to be you know, a new record. You know, we want to. I want to try to get in the recording studio in, in December and get out something beginning of the year with all music we're playing right now, and uh, you know maybe get new record. You know, work on this partnership with Atwood Hats and bring in some more people um, to get on board and and help us. You know, move those chains. You know, hit up new cities and new tours. You know, those are things that that are on the on the on to do on the to do list uh, for the end of the year and and on to the next year. So. I'm hoping that we'll get that done, and and every show it, it's a double-edged sword. You know, like I said, if you don't have a show, you don't got no money, and yeah. and if you don't got no money, you can't put out hit new your music. Goal. Yeah, you can't put out new music. There's only so much that musical platforms can do, and you don't want to take the shortcut just to put out new music because it kind of hurts the quality of what the song it really is. And so we're not trying to. Um, cut any corners here we're trying to do it the right way and and we want to make the best sounding album we can and put it out beginning of the year but those are kind of new things for for what is in store for us that's awesome so how can people find your music or where can people find your music your tour dates upcoming projects things of that sort? yeah so uh, you definitely go to my website mattcastillomusic.com and then there's these little bullets that take you to our social media links or you know uh, spotify my instagram my facebook page you know we got a a new single out right now called for you and it's on texas radio and we're trying to spread it out to the rest of the world and the rest of the united states and and uh, they can just find me on that and send me a message i'll respond back and it's been uh trying to push that music has been one of the hardest things to it's do it's relentless you know, it right you can't give up easy, on it but <laughs> yeah you can't give up the the, the 
worst thing yeah. to do is give up. But yeah. yeah, they can find me and they can they can spread spread the music, spread the love, and and uh, it's mattcostumemusic.com. They can find my tour dates and. Right now it's in Texas. I'll be in California next week, um, and then come back and and try to hit up some um, some more shows and hopefully reach our goals, man. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, obviously, we talked a little bit about your musical influences, your musical start. Mm-hmm. Do you have any kind of like a business mentor or somebody in the industry that's helping kind of drive the ship from a business standpoint? Because making music is one thing, but running a successful business is a completely different adventure. Um, at the moment, I don't. At the moment, I don't. It's just lessons learned. Um, trial and error really writing them down what what worked what didn't work um you know every now and then you'll listen to a podcast about like marketing you yeah. know you try to yeah. do a little bit better on marketing side because that's how you get your music out if if your music is not on a billboard you know you kind of see yeah. it as a billboard sign if, if your name and business is not on a billboard how are people going to see it yeah. if you're not out there marketing your your name and your brand and your music how are people going to know who you are so i don't i don't necessarily have a, a business mentor it's just hard work and learning learning from your mistakes and try not to let that happen again yeah, so. i'll tell you what i have a huge respect for you i mean you got a lot on your plate and we talked obviously about the history of the band and, and the growth and the development but um for you to take on all these projects right yourself and really push this thing and and find the success in it man uh it's it's more than commendable because uh it's tough right it's it's the music Very. industry it's easy for people to get music out well not only is it good music, but there's a lot of crap that people are going to have to sift through, right, to find the credible good music. And, yeah. And you your know, pursuit's awesome. I, I hear that, you know, most, most starting bands will last about five years, five or six years, you know, and then if they don't reach their, their where they think they need to be by year five or six, they quit. But they don't really really see it through. It takes more than five years, six years to really hit it. Sometimes yeah. get lucky. But yeah. if you get lucky, they say that you're like that 1%, you know? Yeah. But others that are that are growing with their music and trying to find themselves, you know, it takes more than five years, more than six years, maybe even 10 years, yeah. you know? But, but knowing where you are 10 years from where you were at year one, you're like, damn, I've really come a long way. Yeah. And I can say that about about my music and, and, and my band. And we've really come a long way from, from year one to we're now year, year six, you know, it's so much better now than it was back then, but that's the way it's supposed to be. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, you Absolutely. Grow up right. That- from, from the quality of music, from the quality of musicians, from the quality of just running things from year one to year now, it's like, hell yeah, I'd rather be here. It's more motivation to keep moving forward. And, and so I, Tell these people, you know, just don't give up. Always have your goals, your weekly, your yearly. And again, it goes back to my mom. My mom's like, where do you see yourself in five years? Where do you see yourself in two years? So those things I bring to the business and it's been helping. And again, it's good to have good quality guys um, supporting you along the way just to support them. So if you can get a a good group of guys, a great group of guys that get along off stage and on stage – it's very crucial you take good care of them. And you try in any way you can. Those little things matter, you know. And before we go, you know, one of the biggest things, I've always wanted to give my guys a bonus. I've always wanted to give them extra cash. You know, if, if we have a good show, we, the bar bartenders or the bar owners like, man, you really sold a, a, a shit ton of beer. Here's an extra, you know, 250 Yeah. I won't I won't take that cut, that 250 I split that up three ways because you guys deserve it. Y'all – rock their socks off. You know, I already did my part to get us here. You just knock it out of the park. I set them up, you knock them dead. So try to do those things, you know, and um, 
you know, slide a little cash here and there, just thanking them for being good music, good people, not musicians, but good people, mm-hmm. allowing you to do your job you can do. So I try to do that. And it, it, there is it's tough times that are hard, you know, and you never know those little things matter. And, and I try to do that. So that's incredible. Man. You have a band, you just try to do the good things, you try to be a good human being and try to be respectful. And, and, and in this band, it's all about respect. It's all about getting the job done and being respectful and, and trying to be there and be open to that. Cause everybody has personal things that are going on outside the band. But the moment you, you hop in the van and we go to the show, it's about us. It's us. Now it's our family. Yeah. This is our family now. Whatever family you have outside, leave them out there for right now. This is us. And then, you know, we'll bring them in and when we're ready. But let's take care of us first. And, and you always try to take care of your boys and try to do the best you can and, and just go after those goals. Don't give up anytime soon. So hopefully we'll have a breakout year and we'll have a breakout song and, you know, we'll be out there wherever you're at. I think the consistent persistence is what what drives the success you know you talked about these people that get that that one big song or that one big deal they'll have their day but as far as sustained success i think it's folks that take your approach right and just getting after it day in and day out those those are the musicians and those are the bands that are really going to have careers in this industry yeah if he can if he can still put on a great show with five people in the crowd you're on you're off to a good start yeah. you know you yeah. have a good head and shoulder because there's gonna be days where you'll have five people at your show, 10, 20, maybe you can still put on a performance as if there's 2,500 people there. You already have a good head on your shoulders and you already have the right mindset of being a performer. And that's what it, that's where it counts too, you know, and you're going to have your, your good days and your bad days. And I'll, I'll be honest, we only had 10 people at our show at one point and it was a horrible feeling, but I didn't let that get me down. I just, and then, and if it's not going to let you get you down, then nobody else should be getting down about this. Or they don't complain about shows. I don't complain about how terrible they are. It's not my job. It's show up, perform. And those are the things that, that matter. You know, you may have rodeo and there's only four people out there. Are you still you going to get down because, you know, there's only four people out there? No, yeah. you're going to go put on a good show. You're going to ride that bull, you know, yeah. or ride it till you get off. So um, to leave it at that, that's just try to keep that in mind and don't ever give up. And so I always stay positive. Good stuff, good stuff. Well, Matt, I'll tell you what, I thank you very much for your time here at Let Freedom Rain Podcast. We flew through an hour. It was a great time. We're looking forward to all the success from Matt Castillo Music and, and the Herdsman and, and what you guys have in store for the rest of the year and the future here. Yeah, thanks, man. It was really great being on your podcast, man. I hope we get to do it again soon. Yes, sir, anytime. We'll talk to you later. Thanks. Thanks again, everybody, for listening to this episode of Let Freedom Rain Podcast. Again, you can find us on social media under Let Freedom Reign Podcast. If you want to support the growth of this podcast, go to patreon.com forward slash Let Freedom Reign Podcast. Again, we thank you, and we'll see you on the next one.